This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm correspondent Howie Lim. Now, while government relief programs have been critical in helping millions of SMEs worldwide tide over long periods of depressed revenues and severe working capital shortage, many of these support measures for SMEs come in the form of business loans and have caused SMEs to accumulate debt. And though these measures have been a critical lifeline for many, a recent OECD report highlighted that there are growing concerns about the risk of widespread defaulting among SMEs. So how can SMEs ensure they have sustainable, diversified funding for their business in the longer term? And can they access diversified sources of working capital while support measures are still in place in the meantime? For more insights, we speak to CEO and co-founder of Income Land, Morgan Turigi. Morgan, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. So Morgan, tell us how dire is the need for SMEs to diversify their access to financing now? Is it do or die situation almost? Well, we've seen over the years that um, the banks have been pulling away from the SME sector massively. And the cycle we've been having recently, this entire COVID crisis, has uh, speed up this issue and, and made it very urgent for for SMEs to really find alternatives. Uh, We find more and more SMEs that are actually not getting access to bank financing anymore. So this is something that is really urgent. At the same time, it's even more urgent, I would say, in a situation like the current one, where business was really overall very bad during the the past year. The P&Ls of a lot of companies are, are not very attractive for a bank. And we are currently in a situation where we see a lot of the SMEs that at least we're dealing with, where their businesses are picking up. And the difficulty when you're having your business that's picking up is that when you talk to a bank, for example, they will look at financials of the previous year, which may be very negative. And your financing needs are increasing nonetheless as your business picks up. So this is a situation that is even more difficult. Uh, in this post-pandemic situation that we're facing. On top of which, in the world, there are more and more requirements with regards to compliance for factories and so forth to have a a better ESG angle. So that requires more investment from their side. So that's even more pressure. So there's banks that are pulling away a situation where business is picking up with bad financials coming from the previous year, plus more investments that are required. It's a, a tricky situation. So obviously, non-recourse financing is offering SMEs an alternative option. Before we ask you why lenders should do it, because I understand it's riskier for lenders, why is it easier for SMEs to get non-recourse financing? Well, precisely for when you have your financials that are not looking bright, having a non-recourse financing option is something that enables you by not having good financials, but having good buyers being able to uh, deliver the right quality of products and and access the right buyers in the right jurisdictions. This is where you need that type of financing, where we ask for the financials, but we do not base the financing on the P&L of the company. So you could be having a P&L showing losses and you could still have um, a significant access to financing. Why are these lenders doing this? I mean, no one's completely altruistic, obviously, and I hate to sound Darwinistic. If the company's in trouble, perhaps it should sort of lie down and... 
Well, having your, your financials showing a loss and being in trouble are two different things. You can have your financials showing a loss, but your business is growing nonetheless. You're investing massively in, in CAPEX or OPEX in your company, and you, you cannot generate profits by, by that because you're getting more and more orders from, from your buyers. So especially coming out of a COVID situation like the one we had last year and, and currently with increasing uh, shipping rates, it's something that having a loss does not mean you're you're in a dire situation. It's just... You need additional support. And I think the investors are realizing that situation, that it's not necessarily looking at that PL of the exporter, because we look at cross-border transactions from our side. Um, it could be seen as a non-recourse on a domestic basis. But as long as you're delivering to um, a high-quality company, it means you're doing something right. The same thing, these could be investment-grade companies or non-investment-grade a Cargill, for example, is not an investment grade, a Glencore is investment grade. But if you get admitted in those circles, it means that you're doing something right. And, and this is what the investors, I think, are realizing um, currently. So you're not investing in potential. You're investing in something that is very real and has been delivered already. We're not taking a risk, a, a performance risk on the, on the seller. Uh, in a sense that the goods are already delivered or already on the water. So it's really very short-term investment. How much do these diversified channels, Morgan, mitigate the key financial challenges that SMEs face today? And it feels like SMEs face this shortage of working capital challenge all the time, good times or bad. Um, it depends on the companies. We have more and more companies that um, only go through alternative financing channels, uh, companies such as Incomeland. Uh, there are customers on the platform that get financing from Incomeland, but also may get financing from other platforms. And we have companies that are having access to bank channels, but want that alternative financing access pocket within their um, portfolio. So this is something that is really growing. This is something we hadn't seen a few years back as a requirement that we're, we're, we're having amongst certain SMEs and sometimes very large SMEs to have that pocket just in case within their portfolio financiers. Ah, so it's not just SMEs who don't have access to traditional financing. It's ones that do even and they're coming to these alternate options as well. Absolutely. They have sort of an investor approach, uh, which is to diversify their portfolio and to have that pocket of funding that may be slightly more expensive, but is seen as something that could be more reliable in times of hardships and in times when banks are renowned for, for pulling the plug and pulling the plug in sometimes very, very sudden ways. If you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts and like us and give us a rating. We're speaking to CEO and co-founder of Income Land, Morgan Tarigi, about how SMEs can access diversified sources of working capital. Morgan, so are there other financing options available and suitable for SMEs? Well, I think with all the um, fintech field currently expanding, all the different fintechs have different approaches to financing that can meet the different needs of the company at different stages of their production, stages of their shipments. It could be inventory financing, it could be in-transit financing, it could be providing them credit, providing credit to their, to their buyers. Uh, there are different alternatives. So it's, it's really a lot of different companies that are catering to different needs uh, for companies, which makes it a little bit complicated at times. 
instead of having a one-stop shop, which is a bank that they traditionally uh, would speak to, here they need to start looking out at what are the different models and how they can meet some of their specific needs. So this is slightly more complicated than it would be with a regular bank. What sort of financial plan then should businesses sort of come up with and follow, you reckon? Because we're talking about a stage where SMEs are trying to recover their financial health. But in order to move forward, you need some kind of financial agility, right? And a sustainable financial agility, so to speak. You definitely need a, a, um, a finance department or a treasury department that are actively looking for what are the options out there that are existing, which could be challenging at times when you have uh, uh, smaller entities with limited staff where potentially the, uh, the owner is also managing the financing part. Um, and depending on how much time they allocate to really educate themselves as to what are the options that are existing out there. But it is, I feel, something that is um, whenever the companies can devote some time around it, just like finding grants uh, in Singapore, for example, you know, a lot of companies that have some of their team members that are specifically looking for what are the opportunities out there because there is an immediate return for them. Uh, I think this is something that will be more and more required. Spend some time with their bankers, different banks, but also having another portion of the time specifically looking for alternative financing sources. Yeah. But if we're talking about those relief programs and such, that's the issue, isn't it? They're going to be scaled back soon. At some point, you need to sort of learn how to fish. And they need to anticipate the time when there will be no more subsidies. Let's talk a bit more about ESG then, environmental, social and governance. Morgan, you talked about it a bit. There's a growing importance of that for both SMEs and investors. Explain that to us. So on the investment side, we're definitely seeing a growing need for origination that revolves around an ESG angle. Um, the definition of the ESG, of course, varies from one investor to the other, but nonetheless, this is a recurrent theme whenever we talk to investors. We have funding that are looking almost specifically just for ESG-related origination. At the same time, there is a growing pressure on at least manufacturers to, to have an ESG, uh, different ESG angles in their companies. It could be reinvesting in the, in, in the education of the kids, of the workers, of the, of the factory. It could be something that is more environmental focused, but that's something that is really spread all across the chain. And you have uh, investments that are not only specifically looking for ESG angles, but investments that are withdrawing from products or transactions that are absolutely not ESG friendly. For example, coal is becoming more and more difficult to, uh, to finance at present. Not all the, diff- all the coals, but a large, large portion of it. It's really gaining momentum, isn't it? It's no longer just the purview of those crazy green warriors and tree huggers, so to speak. ESG is a real issue now, isn't it? It's also an accelerator of SME's growth. Tell us how that can happen. Well, whenever you have this ESG angle, environment, social, or or other, definitely this opens up the pool access to capital. And it it really gives an incentive for, for, for companies to invest there because getting access to financing will be Uh, getting more and more easy. And those not taking, not walking that path may be more and more difficult. Let me put you on the spot then, Morgan. What degree is your air conditioner set at? (laughs) 
Uh, it might be around 25 degrees. It's a centralized uh, air conditioning. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> We've been speaking to CEO and co-founder of Income Land, Morgan Tarigi, about diversified sources of working capital for SMEs during these challenging times. Morgan, thank you so much for spending the afternoon with us. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and like us and give us a rating. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.